Buenos Dias from Big Creek. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 17th of March, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On the evening of March 8th, three lesbian couples signed a symbolic covenant of cohabitation, a contract that, so far, is the closest thing to same-sex marriage laws in the country. The pact allows couples to inherit and access their partner's assets in the event of divorce or death, among other benefits. This pact has been promoted by the mayor of El Tigre, Enrique Paracaima, and has had the support of the LGBTQIA plus communities, as well as the detraction of members of the Catholic and evangelical churches. Meanwhile, Global political movements following Russia's invasion of Ukraine continue to affect Venezuela. The topics discussed in the meeting between the U.S. delegation and the Maduro government on the 6th of March was handled with great discretion. Recently, Juan González, the White House advisor on Latin America, stated that among the topics discussed were the possibility of reestablishing direct flights between the United States and Venezuela and plans of releasing political prisoners in Venezuela so that the United States relaxes its sanctions against the country. In light of the possible easing of sanctions, the oil corporation, Chevron, is preparing to take control of its companies in Venezuela in order to boost the international crude oil supply after a large number of countries vetoed the purchase of Russian oil. Nicolás Maduro, who, until recently, was vocally against the United States and showed unrestricted support to his political and commercial ally, Russia, is now presenting himself as a mediator willing to negotiate with everyone for, quote, world peace, end quote. Journalists and political analysts agree that the alliance between Russia and Venezuela has been overestimated. Although the Russian presence in Venezuela has to do with military training and technical and operational support and anti-aircraft defense systems and drones, there isn't a Russian military base in Venezuela. This discourse served more as a bluff to alert, annoy, and intimidate the United States and its allied countries in the region. A few days after the U.S. delegation had met with Maduro's cabinet, Delcy Rodriguez, Venezuela's vice president, convened with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov in Turkey. Lavrov aimed to meet with his Ukrainian counterpart in Turkey to discuss their positions regarding Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But Rodriguez took the opportunity to connect with the Russian minister. After the meeting with Rodriguez, Lavrov issued a brief statement saying that Venezuela and Russia had condemned U.S.'s interference in other countries' affairs. Oleksandr Kalinchuk, Ukraine's ambassador to Venezuela and Cuba, commented that statement made by the Russian spokesperson in January about deploying Russian military troops in Venezuela and Cuba could soon materialize. If so... This would jeopardize security and peace in South America. On Friday, the 11th of March, Delcy Rodriguez stated that Russia cannot establish military bases in Venezuela since the Constitution does not allow foreign military bases to be built in the country. Now, on to some economic news. According to the data from U.S. Trade Census Bureau, Venezuela's non-oil exports to the United States, such as food products, machinery, chemicals, electrical equipment, and pearls, 
increase by 80% from 2020 to 2021. This increase generated a profit of more than 300 million U.S. dollars. Celso Fantinel, the president of Venezuelan Confederation of Agricultural Producers Associations, expressed his concern about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Because Venezuela purchases more than 80% of its fertilizers and other agrochemicals from Russia, Fantinel worries that agricultural products may stagnate again, especially since the country has been recovering economically. Despite the worldwide increase in oil prices, Venezuelan crude oil continues to be traded well below the standard price due to its low quality. The oil exported by PDVSA has a high percentage of water and sulfur, so buyers often demand a discount on the already reduced price of crude oil. Additionally, due to the oil's low quality, China has recently rejected two shipments, which add up to more than 1 million barrels of diesel. Consequently, these actions worsen the reputation of PDVSA products worldwide. Speaking of China, the Ministry of Health informed that, as a part of the air bridge between China and Venezuela, almost 70 tons of medicine and medical equipment arrived at Venezuela on 6th of March. Even though this was a mutual agreement between both countries, it was not detailed which medicines were sent to Venezuela, nor what the counterpayment to China would be. On Monday the 14th, Franklin Rondon, deputy of the National Assembly, announced that, regardless of the petri fluctuation, the minimum wage will be kept at 30 U.S. dollars. This salary will be paid as of the 30th of March, although a retroactive payment will be made for the second half of March. Given the apparent economic improvement in Venezuela, many migrants, whose stability abroad was affected during the pandemic, are returning to Venezuela. The recent influx in the migrants' return, though modest, has led to many new stores and restaurants in major cities, such as Caracas and Barquisimeto. Still speaking of migrants, two weeks ago, the Chilean government proposed to open a trench in its border with Bolivia to discourage migratory flow, especially from Venezuela. However, on Monday the 14th, in his first official speech as president, Gabriel Boric suggested that the issue of Venezuelan migrants entering countries illegally should be addressed regionally in Latin America. Boric said that, to tackle this problem, he will consult with European leaders and try to establish a quota system similar to the Syrian migration policies in Europe. In Argentina, an immediate arrest warrant was issued on the 11th of March for Diosdado Cabello, a deputy of the Maduro government and the vice president of Socialist Party of Venezuela. Cabello's arrest followed a warrant request from the federal court for the Southern District of New York through the Argentine Foreign Ministry. The ministry received information that Cabello would travel to Argentina in the next few days. Cabello's office has not yet made an official statement on the matter. On Tuesday the 15th, the building of the newspaper El Nacional, which Diosdado Cabello won in a trial full of irregularities, was turned into the headquarters of the International University of Communications. This institution was established by the Sao Paulo Forum to combat hegemonic discourses in the media. 
and more encouraging international news, Cotejo.info, the Venezuelan digital platform that specializes in fact-checking, will be Meta's first local partner in Venezuela. Meta is the multi-billion dollar conglomerate that unifies WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram. Cotejo.info will help combat disinformation and fake news on social media. And on to some environmental news. We have two pieces of good news. The first is that the Ministry of Eco-Socialism signed an agreement with the Pemon Indigenous Group regarding the administration of the Canaima National Park. The locals will cooperate with the national authorities to oversee the environmental and cultural conservation efforts. The state of Merida launched a project to revive the Andean condor, a local bird that is also the world's largest flying bird with a wingspan of more than three meters. This species has been endangered for years as it reproduces once every two years, has only one egg in its gestation, and is monogamous. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Want to be informed? Keep listening to our updates. You won't regret it. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at venezuela at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima. Thank you.